There we go. Uh, okay, I can hear you now. The nose whistle. Good question is, can you guys hear you now? Yes. But it could be something on my end. Danny, are you there? I'm here. No, I hear a double Danny, too. Danny, do you hear you? Yeah, just a little bit. But not, like, I don't know. The way that the headphones and stuff cancel the sound, hard for me to hear myself. Get better headphones, Dave. Yeah, how dare I with my amazing gaming headphones? How how dare you, indeed. Okay. So is this better or worse than Discord? Uh, I don't know. It's up to you how it sounds to you. I mean, it it literally just depends on you, man. Oh, man. The pressure. Such amazing pressure. (laughs) Well, shit. I, I guess that. I guess that's an intro. <laughs> Timing, timing, timing is everything. Is it? Yeah, that's not, not my strongest work, I gotta say. I don't know, <laughs> felt pretty unscripted to me. Well done. I was gonna say, yeah, purely unscripted. I'm really going for that unscripted vibe there, just to really screw with Seth. We're gonna be so bad that there's no way anyone <laughs> could script it. That is You're the plan. It. Oh, thank you. Multiple <laughs> years bad. of crushing it. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, welcome to a socially responsible mob rules. Um, brought to you via the power of Skype, like so many of those other podcasts that we've like said mean things about for using Skype. Um, I'm John, joined as always by Dave and Danny. And yeah, I want a cool nickname. Oh yeah, because uh, Danny has the eagle now. Uh, we christened him that as the better, more American falcon. Right, right. Uh, you could be the peacock. I don't feel like a, I don't feel like a bird is the right thing to go. You know, no, you're right. Dave the squirrel eaten. Like yeah, that, that sounds better. Yeah, I could be down with that. But a, a peacock just flashes its ginormous feathers and makes everyone look at it. But then under any real attack, runs away. Yep, okay. that joke landed really badly. Wow, Peacock's good times. Really mean, dude. Oh, maybe I'm a peacock. I, you gotta let me soar. You gotta let me fly. I'm Man. a peacock. I watched that movie actually for the first time a couple nights ago. God, I really should know. I should so know good. what movie it is, but I don't have a clue. It's, I'm sorry. It's the other guys. Um, Thank you, peacock. You gotta let him soar. Was um, what was so, the other one where where he learned ballet for five years to make fun of the gay dance kids? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, um, well, what haven't I been up to 40K-wise the past couple of weeks? Um, I Spoiler some... alert, it's going to sound like we all just built stuff and painted it, because that's what we've been doing. <laughs> Whoa there, overachiever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I bought shit. 
Get yeah. out of here. Oh, sorry, my bad. Just I bought some then? stuff. Um, Dave, Dave, I stole you money. You picked me up a box of Havocs. Um, I'm going to combine that box of Havocs with a forge-rolled upgrade kit of las cannons that I found lying around, so I have some las cannon havocs for the for, for fun and games there. Um, huh. And then I'm going to... Oh, I ordered the uh, Series 3 of, you know, the Warhammer Blame boxes? With the... Oh, the, the Plague Marines. Yeah, yeah. The, so I, I just bought the, uh, the Chaos Lord out of that box because that Lord is an amazing model. He's really cool. And he's random and... Honestly, the eBay price was the same price as like a clan pack character model, so I'm like, oh, I'm good with that. Um, That's a good price, actually. Yeah. yeah, and then I picked up a the another Titanicus book because I get more and more into that. So I picked up uh, the last uh, Titanicus book that was out, and aside from that, I built a lot of tiny titans uh, for Titanicus, but actual 40k, little to none. That's all 40k activity. That's fair. Well, technically, Titanicus is 30K. Technically, you know, we're, we're, we're pulling hairs here. But Why not just say that it's in 40K? Come on, there's still Warlord Titans and stuff. You can you can live live your best life, man. Don't let anybody else forge your narrative for you. Oh, man. Even if it's Andy Smiley or Andy Hoare or any of the other guys that actually write the books. <laughs> Apart from the ones who, uh, even if it's the ones who forge the narrative, don't let them forge my narrative. Yeah, don't let those guys. As long the guys as they're named books. Andy. Yeah, they have to be named Andy, though. <laughs> if they're Andy, I'm fucked. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I played um, before everywhere locked down. I played like a game of Titanicus against Josh, where I brought up like um, I think fifteen hundred points of knights uh, against his three warlords. Um, that was a super fun game. Um, you obviously crushed him, right? Uh, so I won by dying. I mean, the mission was set up in a way um, where it was they had to break through your line, and is written. Like, the, the fluff of the mission is written, like, oh, this is a desperate last stand for the night house. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Because, yeah, it turns out three warlords <laughs> kill stuff really quick. Um, but also, I don't believe it. Turns out those little Astraeus knights uh, are stupid good. Like, really, really good. Like, thank God they doubled in cost and got banned mostly because um, I had two of them take out a warlord, uh, which stumbled back. and Seems legit. Which then fell backwards and took out half the wounds of another warlord. Um, and yeah, that won me the game. So, super fun. Yeah, that's all I've been up to. Oh, and we read Hollow Mountain, or listened to Hollow Mountain. Um, but Dave, I did both. What did you do? Wow. I had to. <laughs> uh, so, I've been up to... I decided I was going to clean up my recording space so that I could start doing some more videos since I can't leave the house. You know, <laughs> Day 71, Dave. <laughs> Dave filming himself, like, really perfecting the perfect alkaline-based painting water. Mm. So I actually sat down. I was talking to uh, Mitch Pelham about a, uh, a COVID uh, PSA f- to get judges back to work. Kind of set to Sarah McLaughlin uh, music. With Beautiful. pictures of sad TOs and judges, you know, like, but with the with the... Just you staying home will, you know, will get us back to work sooner. <laughs> Look at this sad judge. Mitch Pelham hasn't issued a red card in three months. You just see him red carding small children, animals. <laughs> but see, the problem with the, the flaw with your plan is I've never not seen a judge smiling ear to ear, knowing that they're going to hand out a red card at some point in the future. That's that's why they're so sad because they don't know when that'll happen. Think about it. it could be. Days, weeks, months, years at this rate. A lot of wives being red carded nightly right now. 
Nice. Because, yeah, they didn't read the rules and they're forced opponents right now <laughs> of how to slaughter people. Uh, but beautiful. So we got a nice, clean Studio B. It's not, well, I, I started it, John. It's not clean yet. <laughs> so the problem is, is that I had a bunch of broken custodes sitting on Studio B. So I picked them up and I started this, putting them back together since it's been almost a year since I broke them. And, uh, well, then I started painting them. Because that's obviously what I should be doing instead of working on the rest of my chaos. There is no quicker way to fix a model than to fully paint and complete it. Because then it can't be broken. Right. It's right. invincible. Yeah, well, well, I have several super heavies that disagree. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been foolishly painting, and I've spent like three hours painting on a shield uh, captain before I realized that the back fin on the left side is broken off never to be seen again because i have no idea where it is oh no like, like oh. a little stabilizing pin on it yeah she gone oh no so that guy's just constantly doing a barrel roll the entire ladder field <laughs> i think he might be yeah <laughs> so hard to hit plus invulnerable save <laughs> <laughs> well the thing is that what hurt me the most is that i painted i was painting gold on it and i painted the other fin never saw it it wasn't until i went to start painting the red of the cape that i went Oh, crap. So it really hurt me. But at this point, I'm going to finish him. His face looks really good, and I'm kind of starting to get down the buzz cut style a little bit. But but then I have access to Darren Latham's videos, which really helps for uh, figuring that out. Oh, I subscribed to Duncan's website as well. That's the other thing I did. That was smart. Yeah, yeah that's, that's my other hobby progress. I very much enjoyed his uh, How to Paint a Stormtrooper video. His his videos have been very good. Yeah, for his tutorial stuff, it's uh, it's been top top notch. So I don't blame you there or begrudge you. Not sure. Yeah. But uh, other than that, just been trying to survive. I have all of the demons are all red. Um, the armor's painted white on the greater demons. I've been struggling with wing membrane ideas because red just doesn't seem right. Like it should be more translucent, but it's not. I can't envision it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Flesh. Bloody, muscly flesh. Right. Like I, I keep thinking like a bat. Yep. Yep. How and, apt. And not able to come up with the right color to make it look right. So I've been struggling with it. Yeah, because it's like a little see-through, which is super hard to kind of put together on that model. Yeah, on the the Demon Prince models. Yeah. Oh, I also I picked up a bunch of secondhand chaos stuff that I'm going through too. And I made a run to the valley to pick up some stuff to support uh, our valley hobby store before it shut down for good, according to the uh, ordinance. Well, and temporarily for good. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> temporarily. I was like, wait, what happened? Yeah, they're shut down for good, good, man. Come on. No, uh, temporarily for good, hopefully back soon. Um, and I p was able to pick up white paint because I was out of white paint, and that's a huge part of my scheme <laughs> for the Chaos Army. So I was like, gonna going to need that, I think. So that's my hobby progress. What, color are, your, what color are your demons, by the way? Are you doing them red or are you doing them white? They're they're corn. They're all red. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. and Blood Bowl. I've been playing a lot of Blood Bowl on the PC. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 
As I really what, what team enjoying it again. What team are you? I I'm whatever team I feel like playing. Uh, I like the I like the generic chaos the most. Uh, I always have. Following that, Norse is a lot of fun because a lot of blitzers, and I like that. So. No, oh, I also forgot I played um, Space Hulk Deathwing with that uh, cool guy Kyle. Um, oh man, I was so jealous. Yeah, uh, so I was a good stand-in for that. As, as it turns out, I'm really hard to control in a team-based environment when I'm a lightning claw chaplain just running at people. Uh, Got to stay like within to, the buff zone. like to say I'm surprised by that, but I'm not. <laughs> it's like suppressing fire the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> suppressing fire! Little Cyril Figus over here just kind of going through that space hulk. But anyway, Danny, uh, well, what have you been up to? Uh, let's see. Uh, I've been building lots of models. Well, I'm going to pause for you to tell me something else you did this week. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm like, I think that's it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm, I, oh, let me jump in. Danny, what kind of models are you building? I did. I did nothing. I, I say I do nothing, but then everything Dave said, I was like, oh yeah, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's see. So I've been uh, cruising eBay to see if anybody has any army deals because people are hard up. Um, hard and, up you know, if I can right give now. them a, a damn fuck. I'm not going to call you an eagle. I'm going to call Danny the shark McLaughlin. Oh, <laughs> 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 McDevitt. <laughs> um. Okay, cool. So new new last name. <laughs> All right. Dibs on the uh, eagle then. <laughs> I'm going to be like... Uh, <laughs> so uh i've been uh i've been playing warhammer total war uh quite a bit oh, uh, fun. i like playing the the battles but i'm really bad at all the other parts of the game which yeah. is like empire building and things like that no that's for oh you mean the, the game you're just bad at the game yeah i i don't know i don't like i don't like the city building i just like fighting I haven't played a Warhammer themed video game since Dark Omen. Oh man, you really got to. There's some good ones out there. Yeah, yeah. Vermintide is, is really good, or was, and then Vermintide 2 is supposed to be better, and I haven't played it yet, but it's on my yeah. list. Well, you have plenty of time. Yeah, I know. Well, and like, I have to stop playing Total War because I've been making myself sad. I'm breaking out my old 8th edition army books <laughs> for Warhammer Fantasy, and like, hey, the then I have to go put them away. Today, the reveal, okay, that happens today, we'll probably be talking about all of that for you, Danny. Don't worry. That would be the dream. Where's, I would love to see some pictures. Where's my large doubt button? I don't seem to have a huge <laughs> doubt sound just, effect. Just pretend you, you pressed large doubt for a second there. Right? Yeah, large, yeah. large doubt. Well, now I have go. to ask, isolate that and use that one there, but yeah. You can, yeah. So what uh, models have like, you been building, though, Danny? So, yeah, so getting back into my model building. Uh, I've been building a lot of Sisters of Battle. Oh, yeah? I've got, like, 30 more Sisters of Battle. I've been trying to build a box of th stuff every day. Um, and then, like, some random character models that I've had around, too. Like, I built, uh, I bought a Drazar online a while ago, and so I built him. Oh, cool. And then uh, I also converted up uh, uh, an... Ardax Agaton model into a Iron Hands like captain. So if I ever want to use him, because I'm, I'm just going to paint all of my generic Space Marines like Iron Hands, 
and so, so the when I want to take him, smart. Well, I mean, I don't know, Dave. You don't play Iron Hands. <laughs> Not um, anymore. Not since they suck. Well, no. I mean, your guys are purple, and they have like they're like the purple ponies or something, right? <laughs> it's a successor chapter, you jerk face. <laughs> Stop forging my narrative. Your name isn't it's, Andy. Is the symbol <laughs> like? Is it a My Little Pony or is it a like a like a must like just a rip off of a Mustang? Oh, Mustang! Logo, I thought you were going to say mustache. Yes, it's a rip off of mustaches. My little mustache. Mm. <laughs> oh man, Brony conventions are getting really weird. I mean, were they ever normal? <laughs> yeah, I mean, are they? Sorry, they're getting more weird. <laughs> sorry, um, sorry, all of our Brony listeners. How uh, so Ross another any... one down to five. Um, yes, yeah, so I've been <laughs> building a lot of Sisters of Battle. Five? Uh, yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm double counting some people. Uh, like your mom is oh, too, for sure. Is that a fat joke? My mom is the most <laughs> not a My Little Pony fan. Anyway. He'll take so, all the jokes about us fucking his mom, but yeah, do not call it. her do My not. Little Pony two, fan. Two things, two things that are off the table. With my mom, and that's it. Bronies and furries. You leave those two things gone. If you show up at her house in a brony costume or a furry costume, you ain't getting in. That's all I'm saying. I mean, you probably get in. A furry in, tail. So. A furry tail is like you know a butt a plug with a with a, <laughs> with oh, a yeah. fox tail on the end. Sorry, not that was the implication. But yeah, Dave, please spell it out for me. It's not like anybody <laughs> listens to us. It's not an adult or any of my kids. Can't trying wait to, to be pay classy for that. over here. Kids. Why start now? Foxtail. <laughs> so, uh, I've been building Sisters of Battle. Uh, I have, I've got like 41 models to build. I build the Battle Sanctum. That thing is Uh-oh. stupidly huge. It's like rad, I could, though. That you is could easily so set, set up like a knight inside of it and get cover from like every angle. Shame you have so, to take uh, a fortification detachment for it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But Speaking if you already have a brigade, well, it doesn't matter that much. I actually ordered some alternate flight stands for the Seraphim that I bought. Oh, okay, cool. The uh, the the kind that the smoke jet packs out. So so uh, the jet packs look really broken because they're just spewing out <laughs> gas. <laughs> just shooting it out. Um, actually, I'm, I'm trying to work with one of them. <laughs> Instead oh, of like a <laughs> F-24 fighter. <laughs> Instead of it looking like an F-24 fighter taking off, it's like an upside-down locomotive. Just tr- tr- it's, tr- like, tr- it's like a crop duster plate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The Imperium puts them to dual use, vegetation control. <laughs> <laughs> also they spray for bugs we, the, the adeptus herbellicus uh, yeah do you like those I, I don't know I've always thought mine ran on like you know more I don't know like it's you couldn't see like the the exhaust from them I guess I don't know like yeah. a little bit yeah. more angelic I like them a fuck a little better than the flight stands okay and I'm so the whole reason I bought this box set is I, I really want to paint one up for uh, the painting contest at Ursa this year. Cool. Since I'm stuck here, I figured I would spend a lot of time working on one model. I just didn't realize it was going to be on a different flight stand and be missing a fin. 
Yeah. That's fair. So. That's fair. Those flight stands, though, oof, they're they're unique. That's a word. Uh, I don't know how I feel about them yet. Like if my if all my models start breaking off of them pretty hard, uh, then I'm probably just gonna I'll trade them out for like ones from the Magnet Baron or something like that because uh, those are pretty those are pretty nice, and they never break. But they also don't look as good, so. I don't know. I'm torn by them. The idea of them when I first saw them was great, but I just don't... I think they'd be better served doing stuff like they did with all of the character models that they just have been releasing lately, where they, the guy, they're coming off of a piece of terrain to get the height. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but everything's jumping off of ruins right now, and it really limits, like, what if my tabletop isn't a ruin city? Well, then you're not playing 40K because every piece of 40K terrain is just ruins. I mean, I don't know if you know that or not. <laughs> well, I guess you're schooling me. Yeah. Take take a look at all of the books we've gotten. You know, all of the action shots they show inside there where the army's looking all beautiful. Ain't nobody sitting around in a field just having, you know, well, maybe the Sisters of Battle Codex has that in case they're crop dusting or something. But, for the, you know, for the most part, that's not what's happening. Man, I like the idea of a dual-purpose sister of battle dropping both faith and uh, crop fertilizer. Get Alec on it. It's our next t-shirt. Oh, it's faith. <laughs> 100%. In gaseous form. <laughs> Yum. Just sublimated right off of my right off of my models. Anyway, uh, so I'm really excited about playing some games, although I will say the lack of human contact has been tough. Uh, like as far as not being able to go play games, I'm I'm a generally a pretty extra very extroverted person. Like I like to be hanging out with people like a lot, and uh, yeah, it's not not been that. But I have to agree, and I I don't get to play a lot, you know, because of everything else. But I've I had self quarantine just to be on the safe side. Uh, not the last time we recorded, and. So it's been at least two weeks since I've, or more than two weeks since I've seen either of you guys, and I kind of miss you, but I don't want to tell you that. So, no, I mean I appreciate I that. I'll we'll make yeah, a joke yeah. about it later, but um, yeah. yeah, it's weird, right? Like we're all trying to do like the good thing. I think the last time I saw people was when uh, Danny was over, and I had Josh here. Josh and I were playing Titanicus. Yeah. And even then, I think that was only like a week ago, which is crazy. And then outside of work, that I've just yeah, no interaction is is strange. I mean, we did touch the glass together in a weird prison handshake, you know, on Saturday, but that's about it. Yeah, it was the weirdest because I had Dave um, pick up, like, some chaos models for me from, from the shop that's about to close for a couple weeks. Um, and he dropped them off in my car and work, and I saw him from the window. So I go out and I put my hand up against a glass Titanic style and make him come over and put his hand up as well. It was, a, it was a magical moment. <laughs> Sorry, I cannot so, stop laughing. You guys have a very different definition of a prison handshake than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I meant one guy in prison, one guy not. John was in prison in this scenario. <laughs> there was masturbation going on, though, I gotta say. I told you, what I do when I get out of my truck is my own business, and if you look at it, that's your fault. That's why there's all those oh. nipple prints on the front of Dave's, <laughs> on Dave's window. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason there. Oh, uh, yeah. 
but yeah, um, it'd be nice to have hung out with you guys tonight and had some cocktails. I also don't usually drink a lot unless we're hanging out, so I've been sober for four weeks. Oh man, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> is, so, so Dave, let me tell you, uh, yeah, bad move, son. You do you gotta work on that. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know what I was doing at the time, so. I've had you know. a couple of real fun nights where I'm just like sending <laughs> random messages and then I look the next day and I'm like, why did I compare that to a string of cheese coming out the back of something? <laughs> just uh, like looking at like, I have no, like That's going in these other less quoted line going like on Hunter oh, S Thompson man. style benders. And then like all my best, most creative work, I, I wake up and I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense now. <laughs> this idea is brilliant so boys. <laughs> all right, why did I write? Why did I write beans and gray nights? <laughs> just just random words on there. It was good I, times. I don't have an answer for that. No. So, yeah, what, what else have you been up to, Danny? We keep interrupting you with random things. No, Dave, no. Uh, Dave I feels to, to one of those random things, actually. I was yeah. kind of pissed. I was like, say this. Dave. Um, also technically work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. I think it's all, all of us essential people. Um. I have learned that a lot of people think they are essential when they are not. I no, can tell you that already. yeah. Um, me, I, uh, I think Friday is going to be my first day off in four weeks uh, or three weeks or so. Uh, and then I know, Danny, you've been super busy with your stuff. Uh, and then, Dave, you're uh, back to work now. So that means you have two weeks worth of stuff to catch up on. I mean, I've, I've been... At work each time. I was self-quarantining away from you, so. No, oh, that's fair. My I wife does that often son. as well. I mean, it wasn't you so much as I was worried about your son. That's you, fair. I would have been like, oh, he's dead. Yeah, that's whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's good. He had a good run. I mean, I care about him. <laughs> he's got his life ahead of him still, John. <laughs> oh. At least I'll have that memory of your wife singing that song to him and him just having fucking none of it. It will always pop up on my memories every single year from now until forever. It's such a good video. And for those who can't see it, it's just my wife towel drying my, I think, two-month-old son at the time and singing Baby Shark to him. And, like, my son just jimming the camera from the office and just being like, what the fuck is she doing? (laughs) It's a good description. It's perfect. It's super good. Um, but yeah, uh, what else have you been up to there, Dan? Oh, that's about it. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a quick break then. <laughs> I was going to start by saying we're going to take a break and come back, but I didn't want to cut you off as I've done to both of you this entire time. Um, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to go back about the biggest internet preview ever from Warhammer Community. Uh, we'll be right back. You've mastered the art of the Stanley. You've downloaded the ITC Battles app. You've loaded your dice to guarantee your charge. Now perfect your game with Mob Rules measuring accessories. Made of the finest acrylic and carrying the skill of the Danny, the tactics of the Dave, and something positive about John. Get yours now at hammerheadgames.net. All right, so this past Saturday, the part one of two of the biggest preview on the internet ever from Warhammer Community uh, (laughs) dropped uh, in the light of AdeptCon, obviously not happening this year along with many other events. 
The usual Adepticon uh, preview panel was split into two parts, with the first part coming out um, last Saturday uh, and the second part dropping today. And a couple big things came out of this. Assholes. That's right. <laughs> this this is, will usually be when I use hand signals to let people know I want them to talk. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Hand Danny signal. There. No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> Wait, no, it's... I heard it sounded like Danny was slurping a soda, and I suddenly got really jealous. I was like, oh. Oh, man. I no, so a, a couple big slurp. things came out of this. Uh, and it, it, one, the most important thing that came out of this was the mountain cows, I believe, across the board. Unless your name is Russell, in which case the most important thing that came out of it was an obscure character from the Lord of the Rings movies that was the best-looking model out of all of them that they could be in. Well, let's oh, look well, here. He's- He's the best character in Lord of the Rings, so you can't really like you know be upset about. It. <laughs> I I want to I want to say that model was absolutely and utterly amazing to me. You you get him on foot, you get him mounted, you get him on foot with sword and board, or you get him on foot with spear. You get him uh, mounted with spear or mounted with sword and board. I was like, what is how? There's this kid is huge. This is like a hundred dollar kit they made for this one character. Options. Hashtag Lord of the Rings kits. I expect to see 40k characters start coming to bring it, okay? Because what they've been doing lately, I'm a little disappointed. Just saying. Hey, uh, StoryForge was announced. Uh, Death's Hand, a short animation based on Imperial Agents, right. was previewed. It's an animated anthology uh, called uh, for Hammer and Bolter, and Death's Hand being the first mini one of there with a gorgeous-looking uh, assassin animation in the preview there. Yeah, it's Which, using the Eon Flux style of animation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so sort of that Western uh, Asian style. Um, and it's like I said, it's an anthology of stories, so it's going to let them tell these really cool random stories. I'm excited for the way I think about it, reading the, um, you know, the sidebar stories in codexes, like the little one-paragraph yeah. things. Yeah, that's what I, I, I view it as, and I'm very excited to see it from there. Oh, yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting. I'm kind of very excited about it. Uh, we also got the flaming war cry boys. Yep. We sure did. If you're, if you're into war cry, they, they look great. Um, there's one guy that is so on fire. It's not even funny. Like every, a couple of them have like little bits of fire. Like, ah, I'm doing fire stuff. There's one guy who's like, fuck it. Get doused in <laughs> gas, light it, lit on fire. Just running straight at people. It is insane. In my opinion. You know what I'm excited for, for that kit? is I can finally make that Inquisition uh, Witch Spire where I can just kind of make a pile of wood and put one of these models on top of it, like the on-fire dude. And oh, nice. have like a little burning heretic display. That'd um, be cool. The Scions cool. of the Flame. Uh, Warhammer 40K. Uh, I guess we're a Warhammer 40K podcast. We should probably talk about the Warhammer 40,000 things. Was there any Warhammer 40K? Uh, no, not really. Um... Fabius Bile, the Clone Lord, Fabulous Bill. Um, and, hey, spoilers, as I said on an episode of our podcast, as it says here in the community article, the last of the original classic Chaos Space Marine characters to be updated. Um, so, yeah, sorry, Lucius the Eternal. Uh, looks like I was right. He is, is not a classic character. <laughs> yeah, he's not. We're good, so it's fine. Well, I agree to disagree on that one. I've been looking at him more since I found out I own two of him. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Fabius was announced. A couple of other things were announced. Um, he's going to have his own sub faction, which I think oh. will be his downfall. Um, then he'll Borg. be, 
Is Maybe? A, I don't know. That could go either way, though, man. Yeah, it depends. That depends. Uh, uh, yeah, if it's with kind of the background about him being an outsider uh, and kind of uh, him being kind of shunned by the others, but at the same time, kind of subfaction is just, yeah, to me. Uh, but yeah, War of the Spider is going to be between Death Guard and Fabius Biles faction. And uh, is it the uh, Adeptus Custodes, Sisters of Silence, and the Imperial Assassins? So that. It's going to be a good book. That book is going to be amazing, I feel. Oh, yeah. Danny, what do you think about War of the Spider? Pretty excited. Uh, I really want to see the new Talents of the Emperor list and see how things have changed. Uh, I'm really interested to see the Death Guard, uh, like. Uh, like faction interfaction, like special, or I don't know, the companies they have, the great companies or whatever. Yeah. Uh, their cohorts, the cohorts, that's what they're called. Um, and see what all those are. Cause I really like the ones that they did for the thousand sons. I thought those were really cool. Yeah. They uh, were really good. And then, yeah. New assassin rules. Super interested. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I'm less interested in Fabius in general, I would say. Well, I'm just, I want the Fabius model. But I probably won't use him because I've got the corn thing going on, and he's not really subscribed to a uh, a certain uh, uh, god. So, you know, I'm looking at him though, like looking at the new model. I think this is the first time that like they've taken the old model and done the old hey. Let me, you know, can I copy your homework? Sure, but just change it up a little bit. Because the pose is the same. The detailing is the same. The uh, the arms coming off the backpack even are all exactly the same. And it mainly kind of just looks like a scale update more than anything else. Well, and they got rid of the face. What face? In the, in the cloak. Oh, those jerks, oh, they did. Somewhere, I, I think they're... It'll be on the back, probably. They put it on the Warhammer preview. Um, well, that's got to be on the back then of the model, because if you uh, so in the Warhammer community side, if you click on the article and go through it on your on your computer, and you're scrolling down, if as you scroll past that picture, it starts with the old one and then does the the wipe. That's what I'm looking at here. Yeah, I said, and it's it's very much just seems to be an upsized version. They didn't take a lot of changes. They didn't really adjust anything at all to him. Um, it even almost even looks like the same guy painted the mo- both models. Um, so, yeah, it, I think that's I think that's impossible. But oh well, yeah, I know. But if you look at the two of them side by side, it was like there's a lot taken from the original from this one. Mike McVeigh out of retirement. Yeah, through that model. <laughs> You're like you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, so, it's but he his model was good before. Like I mean, it was yeah. it was a decent model. Yeah, I just needed that just scale. made it better. Yeah, um, 30k. We'll, we'll we'll dabble in that real quick because the lion was released, uh, not a lion announced, uh, uh, announced or announced. Sorry, but Lionel Johnson uh, with an amazing Primark model. I think honestly, my favorite Primark model to date. Man, I I might be in the majority here, and I, it just his pose looks like it's supposed to be an action pose, but his legs look <laughs> static. Does that make sense? Did you just say that you might be the majority here? <laughs> but, I, it's yeah, humility yeah. knows no bounds. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the majority. I'm so humble. No, I I think I'm in the minority. I know a lot of people are really excited. Again, this model has tons of options. Two different heads, two different sword options. Great. 
You know what I mean? Super cool. I didn't even notice I it. I really like Sorry, on you go, like Dave, I really like the... So, actually, Dave is correct, and we are in the majority, right? In that, I feel the same way. Like, the model itself, okay. And the face is excellent. And, like, the detail is oh. all really well sculpted. It's just kind of a boring pose. Yeah, so. it's, it's supposed to be an action pose, but he's got static standing legs. Like, if one leg was moving or something, it would make more sense. But hey. Basically, it's just... He looks like he's playing t-ball. You know, no, he's he about to... to the plate and he's hitting night lords out across the plains or something like that. No, he's about to cover his face because he has a fucking Volkite pistol pointed like two feet from his penis. <sighs> he's covered. He's like, ah, it's fear because he's the lion. Um, but yeah. yeah, only if you've got the helmeted <laughs> option, because if, if you're using the unhelmeted option, first off, he's sexy. AF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But table boners. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, that's probably the best face they've ever made. Oh, agreed, agreed. Um, but yeah, I, I I really like the diorama, the aesthetic they went with, but it just looks like it fell flat to me because of the legs. So I think I it's mean, some half or so psh, perfect. I think it's something that's going to look better off of its scenic base um, when it's just the line standing there and you don't have like a small squad of night lords you also have to paint in order to feel the base. Um, I like that. I think yeah, it's that's gonna- fair. Like a scenic yeah. one off to the side. Uh, a lot of times with the scenic bases, like they do things like uh, the the Sanguinis one looks great on the scenic base, but weird as hell off the base. Oh yeah, no, sang- the Sanguinis model is absolutely atrocious without the base. It's just like, what's he doing? Yeah. Whereas this one <laughs> He's is the rocketing op- to the ground from three feet up. <laughs> Swoopy. <laughs> it's majestic. He's a peacock. Swoopy. You have to let him soar. You gotta let him fly, John. Um, but I'm a big oh. fan. Uh, and then finally, uh, the Lieutenant Emulus model, uh, homeboy uh, with the Nosferatu haircut and the off helmet and the pointing sword, um, is going to be orderable by everyone. Uh, yeah, soon. Okay. Uh, glad you spent thousands to go to Alvio Day. That's uh, exciting. Oh, I, I had it long before that. But uh, they're releasing it able to uh, made to order purchase because it was. Adepticon was supposed to be the last place it was available before it shipped off into storage, uh, much like everything Indiana Jones found. So, oh shit, it's going with Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> yeah, but it's okay because Nick Baton's going to get in a refrigerator and get blown out after a nuclear explosion or something like that, and he'll be it'll be fine. So beautiful, love it. Um, so, what was your guys' takeaway from uh, part one A of the reveal event and how it was kind of handled for the online community? I, can can I save this for my soapbox? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, Danny. Hype. Uh, I'm really excited for part two. Uh, although I hope it's just as just as full of new stuff as this as this one was. I am also really excited for part two. Okay. I, well, I'm gonna need it to pick up the pace a little bit. Okay. Well, hey, let me, let's go. We'll throw one more break in here, real quick. Cause why not? Let's just kind of max out our breaks early. Cause we have a quota. Um, and then when we come back, we'll, we'll have a sweet soapbox by Dave. All right. Dude, I'm the best. I took first place at another tournament. First off, stop with the thunder and lightning. You don't impress me. And second, let me check out the BCP rankings. And I don't see you on there. What? 
Your TO needs to download the Best Coast Pairings app and run events on it. After the event, the results are uploaded into BCP rankings, and the best part, it's easy and free. But I play multiple game systems. No big deal. The BCP app can be used for any game. A ton of events every weekend are using it, from major international tournaments to local stores. And now that it's available on Android devices, you're going to have some serious competition. There can be only one. BCP Rankings is a fun and exciting way to measure how you or your team stack up. No matter what you play, your score goes to an overall ranking. Or compete to be the best in a game, a circuit, a region, or the world. Download the app or visit www.bestcoastpairings.com for more info. Best Coast Pairings. Are you the best? Ooh, I was briefly Danny Video, and I I didn't need that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm news anchoring this broadcast right here. Uh, but hey, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's time. I got, I got you a theme and everything. Said the Dave Games theme again. Ah, there it is. <laughs> Soapbox. 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 It's Dave Soapbox. All right. That's it. Yeah. So I'm going to preface this right now by saying that for a one-week throw together to be able to do this preview, they knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Okay. That had to have been absolutely difficult. 45,000 people at once. Yeah, they they crushed it. That said, they could have spaced it together a little bit better. 15 minutes in between each preview is a little much, okay? For for people, especially those of us who live over on this side of the world where we had to get up at the butt crack of dawn in order to see the preview if we wanted to see it. Now, let's talk about after the preview. The models were great. But they weren't my cup of tea. And there's a lot of people who feel like that just because they didn't see something that agrees with them. That, and that's the, the case of that is true for a lot of people. Now, if you're like me, you immediately do not go on the Internet and start talking shit about what you saw just because it didn't appeal to you. That said, if you did see something you like and somebody says that they didn't like it because it wasn't their cup of tea, it is not okay to go out of your way to shit on them in return. You just say, I'm sorry you don't feel that way. Maybe in the next preview we'll have something for you. But when I tried to explain something to somebody when somebody said, why are people shitting on these models that I like so much? And I said, well, you know, not everything it appeals to everybody. I didn't really care for the mountain cow, and I don't really care for, you know, the war cry stuff. And I don't. I didn't care. Fabius was amazing, but he was spoiled ahead of time. See previous soapbox about dickheads who leak shit to the Internet. Now, that said, <laughs> the first thing this guy said to me when I said, you know, a lot of these stuff isn't necessarily played to high content in my area. Warcry is played one night a week by a group of guys, and it doesn't fall into my schedule. And Age of Sigmar is played one night a week by a group of the same group of guys, and it still also doesn't fall into my schedule. That's okay. It doesn't fit my, my narrative and my fun times. So when I say I'm not that impressed by what I saw for because people in my community don't play it very much and you come back with, I don't give a fuck about your community, fuck off, and then block me, you can eat a dick. I mean, that Warhammer community Twitter account is brutal. <laughs> I've been, I was blocked from there as soon as they created it. Now, 
try to remember to be nice just because you you you're orgasming over mountain cows and you're super excited not everybody is ex- is as excited and if you are not an is as excited guy do me a favor please and just say hey it's great you guys are getting new models i sure hope i get something nice in the future too and then walk away so there that's my soapbox can i can i point out a problem with your your plan uh, is it that people are assholes? Oh yeah, that's it right away. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we're living in a time where if it isn't directly marketed towards me, it's bullshit, and the company's fucking awful. Yeah, how dare they? Uh, let, do you have any hopeful predictions for this weekend, though, John? Now that now we're talking about it, or I guess technically, as anybody's listening right now, the preview should have already happened. So, you're so crazy here, here's the thing: so we had the massive things like this is going to be when Ninth Edition would be announced. We're thinking this is when digital codexes were going to be announced. We had all of these great plans, but we're now in a situation where everything shut down. Nothing's being sold. Nothing's moving, and you got to think: is that going to affect? how they release things and when they release things. Are they going to maybe push through with the ninth edition in order to kind of pop a pop a profit the quarter that all of this stuff lists and they're able to do business again? Do they do business mm-hmm. as usual and just push everything two months back and kind of keep spacing out? Um, how are we going to release a whole new edition when unemployment is going to be crazy high everywhere? That's what I don't know. All yeah, of these real world things. I honestly think that they were going to reannounce ninth, and I think they are going to not announce ninth anytime soon now, due to the fact of everything that's going on—the quarantine, the fact that they're shut down, and not making anything in their factories or anywhere for the next foreseeable future. And and that's okay. I get it. Health, take care of yourself by all means. You know, keep keep the people that do that keep making the things that I love alive. I'm good with that. Okay, it, except for you know. What's his face? The guy that was running Forge World, that guy. Danny. All the guys named Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just only guys. people called Andy. That's the essential person now. <laughs> Don't please please not. Andy Smiley and, and Andy Clark and Andy Hoare are all friends of mine. So um Yeah, I, I don't know. I honestly do not expect to see a ninth announcement. I think that it becomes a profit. Uh, loss for them because they won't be able to uh, release it as it sits. They can't release. They're currently hoping to be back by the beginning of May, but it's really probably going to be closer to June for the stuff. So we don't even have Saga of the Wolf officially. Some places got it before the shutdown happened, which is great right. unless you don't live there. Which, you know. yeah. And you can buy it digitally. You can buy- uh, yeah, you can buy the book digitally, but you can't get the box set with Gaz and Ragnar in it unless you happen to get lucky. Right. And live in a place that doesn't respect any sort of quarantines or anything like that. So, uh, yeah. So, I exactly. That's I, lucky. I, <laughs> that's lucky. Well, I mean, it's relative. Yeah. For the last three weeks of your life, you're going to be coughing all over that gorgeous Gasgill miniature, which is huge, by the way. It's, coughing oh my God. Was, uh, that's an innuendo, isn't it? Coughing over the Gasgill, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, I think what they're going to, and I think the reason. The first one was underwhelming was everything was forced to shut down and they went, oh shit, there's no way we can fulfill 50% of these promises we're going to be making during this preview. Or year, really, um, is what I'm right. thinking. So they're not so. going to announce stuff that they can't release. So I think that's why they had to pull a lot of stuff out. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And in the first one, but they, 
said it was two previews, you know, like originally the, the Adepticon preview was supposed to be the biggest preview ever. It wasn't the Adepticon preview plus this other preview will be the biggest preview. Ever. So, yeah, that 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 hype right there, the fact that they kept that hype going instead of just saying, hey, so, you know, it's not going to be the biggest preview ever. Sorry, we're, we're having to do it smaller because of X. Yeah, no company's going to do that. I know no company's going to do that, though. And no company's gonna be like, I don't oh, it's gonna change anything, you guys. No, really, I think everything that's gonna happen is gonna happen because wow, like, you... it's all on their product. They might push stuff back a little bit, but you optimistic bastard, dude, you're like the little raccoon panda thing from Kung Fu Panda right now. That could, <laughs> yeah, just all like positive and shit. And, like, whatever happens will happen. Oh, no, that was a turtle from Kung Fu Panda, but that so is I'm a turtle, yeah, you're a turtle, you're a master Uguay. You're welcome. <sighs> I remembered his name and everything. <laughs> or took long enough to Google it. You know. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, what do you think we're going to see? Uh, I think that, I don't know. Like, okay. Obviously, they can't just release everything right away as soon as the everything that's been backed up. But all most all this stuff is already made. They like can if they take a little uh, X-Lax. <laughs> that was a poop joke. <laughs> it's a poop well, joke. And we just saw that, uh, like that shipping manifest that got leaked. Because stuff oh, is we? still being made in China. Yeah, for the new, uh, for the la- for for a book in the series. Because there's a one that's coming out called Pariah, supposedly. Oh, I I heard tale of that, but I try to really stay away from leaks because fuck those guys. <laughs> Diapers. <laughs> okay. Well, I understand like pictures and stuff like that. I understand what you mean, uh, but. Uh, in this case, that that kind of got that kind of got leaked. So, I mean, stuff is still happening. Like stuff is still being built. Uh, you know, stuff maybe. Yeah, like... you just built stuff this weekend. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, stuff is still being made, right? So, yeah. I don't. Know. I, I I just I don't think you can stop the train that easily. I think this might put a little bit of damper on it, but I think stuff is definitely going to get released still every single week as soon as they. As soon as they start, as soon as they get back up online. I I think so, but I think they have to take something out of the middle, you know, because they have a release schedule that happens regularly. So something will have to disappear in order to make up for that gap. Does that make sense at all? No, because you could double up, you could double up on weeks, potentially, that things are coming out on. Because, I mean, like, Sisters got trickle-fed over the course of three weeks or two weeks or whatever for releases, they could combine that into one or two weeks, or they could have half of half of one week go to one week and then the next week. So, I mean, there's ways that you can increase your speed. It, like, you could, they could easily increase the releases. Ah, there's so many jokes in there. Increase the frequency of the releases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you. They could. I just don't think they do because so you have their two main games, Age of Sigmar and 40K, and they can't release both at the same time because most people have a limited budget of what they're willing to spend. Uh, there, there has to have been some marketing someplace that, oh, Jesus. Are you all right, John? Yeah, it was just a little rim shot there because you, you said oh, people were, were budgeting for 40K. I thought, no, no, no. I thought you were joking. I'm not talking about that. I mean, they, they don't release 40K and Age of Sigmar usually at the same the same time because people are going to buy one or the other, in which case their sales oh, are Oh, shit, gonna... it happened again. I didn't even press the button. <laughs> uh, your wife tells us that's a common occurrence. Oh. 
Man, it's got a mind of its own now. It even goes with taste <laughs> jokes. <laughs> Is that what you tell her? <laughs> oh, that was John, was that coach. you or was that your soundboard? Because if it's learning things, we need to like, talk about shutting it down. Shut it down. It's, it's, maybe his it, first soundboard is gaining sentience. It's sentient now. <laughs> oh, no, it knows what a punchline is. <laughs> but yeah i mean and you could agree or disagree with me on that it's it's perfectly acceptable it doesn't bother me in one way well, or the other i mean honestly by the time this releases we'll know <laughs> so. that's well no because this releases at 2 a.m and the preview doesn't go live until 5 6 a.m oh, shit. Like that yeah we're time. ahead of it bum 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 those numbers son let's well, just I'm make a bunch awake. Let's just make like a bunch of like grab quotes that Spiky Bits can steal. Uh, pretend like we're ahead of the curve. Is ninth edition 40k coming? Click John to find out now. Definitive proof of ninth edition. You heard it here, folks. Is that yeah. a brand new model? See, I left the blank there so you could insert like any word you wanted into there. Oh, sure. That was not a yeah. that was not a very long blank, unfortunately. Is that what your wife says? Overlord. <laughs> aspiring overlord. It's the finally coming aspiring overlords in War of the Spider. Oh, gross. Oh, no, they're not. No, no, no Necrons in it. No, no God Necrons in that one. Gotta wait. Of course. Gotta wait. last. But you know what? There is still plenty of time to do is, is Warhammer fictions and black libraries and book reviews. Uh, and then when we come back, we'll be talking about the second book. In the Vaults of Terror series. Dun, 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 dun. And then, oh, I was going to tell a joke where I said the name of the wrong book, but then I couldn't remember that name just to really freak Danny out for like three seconds. Shit, that would have been so good, too. You just, you fucking nailed it, John. (laughs) What do you mean the second book, though? Are we watching Watchers of the Throne, the Emperor's Legion? No, that's a different series. I thought that's, I thought we all, we were, oh, shit. Well, this review is going to suck. I mean, <laughs> what, Dave? Do you have a single wound? A standard bolt gun? Having trouble maintaining an acceptable Xenos kill count? Only barely over two meters tall? Maybe it's time to ask your lieutenant if the Rubicon Primaris is right for you. The Rubicon Primaris is a prescription process that helps you to update that tired look. You may notice an increase in your purging abilities after two to, within two to four hours. You may experience loss of life, additional organs, and a points increase. Do not take the Rubicon if you plan on fitting into rhinos, drop pods, or other traditional vehicles. The Rubicon Primaris is not intended for second founding chapters. The Rubicon Primaris is for use on genetically enhanced super soldiers over the age of 800 only. You are encouraged to report negative side effects to your company's apothecary. The Rubicon Primaris, because sometimes plot armor is just not enough. Dave, did you not read The Hollow Mountain? No, I totally read The Hollow Mountain. Oh, good. It was just a bit. I know. I'm excited. And I nailed it. You did. You did. So, yeah, book two of the Siege of Terra series. Um, something I've dubbed, I don't know, Law and Order... SV40K. I don't know. Think of something cleverer than that to use for it. Um, but mm. procedural crime drama, which is, cr- 
which Chris Wright seems to be kind of uh, leaning into heavily for his 40K work, um, continues as we follow our rapid band of inquisitors uh, uncovering a, a crazy conspiracy that goes all the way to the heart of the throne world itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dave, tell me about this book. Oh, this book is a thrill ride a minute, okay? If you've read the first book, uh, it leaves off Sorry, I was in late on that. Way. You said that book was a thrill ride a minute? No, did that come out of my mouth? That's because it is. It's a thrill ride a minute. It takes you... There's <laughs> damn bored, man. Board. Yeah, thank you for I'll repeating that. that. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, so if you recently read the article by the former mob ruler and uh, friend of, of John, Danny, and myself, Phil the Glacial Geek, he mentions the, the first book in the series as being absolutely and utterly amazing, which he learned from listening to our review of it the last time we reviewed it. It was uh, it was great, right, John? The first book was great. It was like it took you by the balls and drug you, kicking and screaming all the way through Fun Time Mountain to uh, to the end. Right, the first book. Yeah, yeah. The first book first was. Book. <laughs> Clarify, first book. So for me, the first book, I, I think I enjoyed it a lot because it was so refreshingly different from the other 40k stuff i was reading before um we came out of like the beast of rises series and a, a bunch of other ones um and it was all kind of like giant space marines pounding people into the dirt and you know for the emperor and dying and this was like more of a street level almost eisenhorn-esque um interaction but eisenhorn. between human characters right i think that i think that was the important thing is is for all intents and purposes it was it was humans acting in human ways yeah, 100%. And it was yep. totally refreshing and unique, and it did not suffer from the standard GW trope of half the book is uh, explaining the world around you, to you. Right. Painting the picture for you. It didn't It didn't have that at all. So it was great. Because even a it. lot of the old uh, Space Marine battle books would be like 70% of the book would be building up this world and describing what's happening, and then the last 30% would be blowing up this world. Yeah. Yeah, and it didn't it didn't have that. And unfortunately, this one suffers a little bit more from that. But so if, if for anybody that's read the first book, it ends uh, with them recovering after a big battle and 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 figuring out their next moves. And this book literally picks up in, in the exact spot. Like it was one whole book and somebody there was like, "Hey, we're going to cut your book here off after uh, after you do this first thing and start the book again for the next second section. We're we're just going to call it a second section over here. Also, we need you to spend uh like 200 to percent more uh more descriptions on some of your areas earlier in the book to really oh. set the tone and chris ray was probably like what no and they're like well your contract's revoked and he's like sounds good i will describe stuff the we, ab was covered in smog and smoggy we, we should do this here real fast before we get any further but <laughs> spoilers <laughs> spoilers 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 yeah, uh, spoilers from here on out. All right. Uh, just just so, as a heads up. Uh, yeah, so we pick up literally right after uh, the opening scene is is Erasmus Crowell talking to the assassin, uh, being like, hey, I see you're starting to recover. Uh, do you want to join Team Crowell? And she was like, yeah, I'm for Team Crowell, as long as I can get you know where I want to be, which is uh, to kill whatever's responsible for this for my Inquisitor buddy who is dead now. So... 
it, it just picks right up. You're right. good to go. And so at the end of book one in the Vault of Terra, uh, it turns out that they uncover a massive plot. Um, we find out that the Golden Throne is failing uh, and that some shadowy people on Terra had made a deal with the Drakari um, to fix the throne. Uh, and it, it kind of ends at the end of book one with uh, Humunculi. The Humunculi uh, let loose on Terra? Um, yes, sure, we'll go yeah, ahead. Yeah, some big dark held or monster. It wasn't a gene stealer, which is exactly what both you and I thought it was. Exactly. It was sort of grotesque. Oh, yeah, 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 grotesque. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Um, is that loose on Terra? I and think they it's actually it. a homunculus, because they talk about it all the time in this book. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, is uh, it was something. Yeah. So it kind of picks up right after there, and this is where we kind of come into the investigation of how did this Xenos get onto Terra, who was involved and kind of for well, me, it, sorry, I go. Yeah. Well, at this point we know two of the X number of people involved and they're dead already. So, you know, he's, he's already exterminated them. It's not a problem. So now he's trying to figure out who this third person was that was involved in this or how far up the corruption goes and everything like that and gets into his Sam Sneed and, and sends his guys out to start in, inspecting stuff. And then I think this is where my issue with the book comes from. I feel I could not read the first three quarters of the book and still leave with the same information, uh, if that makes sense. There's a lot of things. It's almost like, uh, like I said, it's like Law and Order SVU for the first 75% of this book, where, yeah, they're doing cool investigatory stuff, um, but it's all kind of like leading to that last quarter. And it just seemed like the battles weren't quite as as epic i guess is the the best word to use is the first book and and some well, of the the, cra- the no de- custodes and so some of the de- that probably factors right. in right and then some no. of the detective work in the first half of the book isn't quite as you know interesting as, as book one there i will say though the last third when the imperial fists come in is amazing oh the spoiler yeah well <laughs> i already played the spoiler song so you know it's it's what it oh, is okay we can just talk about the whole book like yeah. So let, so let me let me sum up the first couple uh, thirds since you guys didn't like it that much. I'll sum it up really fast. Okay. Well, um, I didn't let Danny have an opinion yet. So, <laughs> oh, go for it, Danny. Sorry. I think he means John. No, 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 no. Because no, me, me. I mean yeah, you. Because yeah, I was like I gave my opinion and Dave gave his, but I was like, I don't think you gave yours. Uh, okay. So yeah, this book was fine. <laughs> all right dude that's Good. how you get like a so- quote on the front of the book <laughs> fine i i'm gonna i'm gonna tell when i send this section to chris Wright to, to review um I'll, i will cut that part out i'll edit that out uh so like i thought that he did a great job of, dis- of the de- with the descriptions the descriptions of everything were really solid and i got a really good idea of what was happening um I thought that was really good. I thought, uh, again, like the last... So since I actually measure the book by percentage, uh, the last 15% of the book was really good, uh, like the final confrontation, but... Like it's universe-changing. Oh, yeah, completely. Really? Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, sure. We'll get, that, we'll get to I that mean, later. Oh, I'm going to so tell this... you what the next book are includes at the, at the end of this. Well, I mean, like, sequentially, this happens right before his next series of books, or, like, the, the other series of books that he's writing. So it happens right before the Great Rift opens. 
Well, the mm-hmm. Grey Rift opens, I, I believe, during this book, right? Yeah, right which, at the end of this book. Which would put right it at the very end, yeah. Which would put but it then, at the same it, time frame as the the Watchers in the Dark, right? Or no, Watchers of the Throne. Watchers series. of the Throne, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, like, and we all know the Astronomicon like went out briefly. Well, for not briefly, but for a for like a month or something like that, or or whatever. And uh, until Gulliman got back. <clears throat> yep. Anyway, uh, so uh, I thought that it was kind of an interesting timeline. The pacing of the book I felt like was poor. Uh, I think it could have been a lot better. Um, just like the confrontation between uh, Crawl and like the big psychic, uh, uh, like astropath, like it was a magister though, right? That's what they called it. Uh, no, uh, that, no, like, that was the the High yes, Lord yes, of yeah, coordinates and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that part was pretty cool. I thought that was a that was a neat touch. I hadn't thought about that kind of a psyker before. Um. And I thought that the other thing I liked, uh, I liked how Kroll was constantly just degenerating through the entire book, like because he's got these injuries and he's like, I mean, he's dying, right? That, 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 that yeah, he's, been, book, he's right? been left poisoned after the uh, uh, dealing with the humunculus. So like, it's just slowly deteriorating him. Right, right. So. But, and he's like fighting through it with just pure willpower, the whole book. Yeah. And uh, I thought that I thought that was well described, and like it references it constantly. So you are you remembering like, man, trying to think about how he tried to feel his feeling, trying to do all this like super athletic like combat and stuff like that, or even just walking yeah. around. Well, because if if you remember in the first book, he was he was pretty good. He wasn't Spinoza badass, but he was pretty good. So, you know, it, it, it's painting a different picture of him. So I will tell you uh, that the first couple par- uh, par- uh, paragraphs, first couple chapters, uh, there was something that really bothered me. And that and I was listening to the audiobook while also reading it because I'm an idiot uh, and bought both. It's very but big brain. Of there, is a, there is a lot of. Uh, something is happening to character A, and then it stops. And the very next paragraph of the same chapter is par- uh, is character B, and it goes back into descriptive. So I can see why the pacing of the book felt off to you, Danny, because that is a very jarring thing to have happen. If Spinoza's at a bath getting ready to have wild, crazy sex with somebody, and then all of a sudden the next one is about Kral in a you know spaceship flying around describing space to you, it just very jarring and different or crawl in a bath ready to have crazy wild hot sex with somebody that was my favorite chapter wait did somebody try and have sex during this book because i do not remember that i mean well, i tried my wife said no it, danny i mean <laughs> all right so we've got danny's opinion here let me sum up the first three quarters for people really fast okay uh, since i know you guys dislike that so the book starts off he, he gets the assassin on his team he sends uh captain revis out to investigate to try to find some answers about glock uh, Spinoza gets changed into a different outfit and heads off as a stormtrooper to uh, get some passcodes and in- infiltrate us a, a major base. Kral goes undercover as a um, oh, what is an inspector? An inspector uh, for shipping and visits this guy and talks to him about that and gets information. So as we're going along, uh, Revis 
goes to where he's supposed to be to find the information about Glocks, finds a dead person, finds the guy that killed the person and brings both bodies back into the Citadel. You go back to Spinoza, she and uh, Hegain, Helgain is uh, one of the other stormtroopers with her and they get into the break into the fortress because they're getting there. There's like a weird riot happening outside the Arbides fortress uh, as stormtroopers are allowed access and they have these new pass codes. They break in, they access the system and set off an alarm, get running out, but they realize the alarm isn't actually for them. It's because shit has started going fucking crazy. They hijack a transport, shoot some chick with a chain that's twirling it around. She dies. Everybody else picks up the chain, start twirling them. It's driving the crowd into a frenzy. She starts to head back to the Citadel. Uh, Kral talks, meets with this guy and asks him about his secretary, which was weird. Gets some information as the guy's trying to lie to him. He's like, yeah, listen, I don't give a shit about that. Here's what I want. Tell me where I can find this. And he's like, what are you talking about? I, that I've got papers for you. He says, I don't care. Uh, his floating skull stabs the guy in the neck and gets the answers and they leave. So he heads off to meet with the Magisters, which is like some sort of weird psyker, adept, um, adeptus mechanicus guy. Meanwhile, Rebus takes the bodies back, has uh, the Churgeon inspect them. They discover a device in the shoulder of the assassin and go to pull it out. When they pull it out, it sets off a fucking massive psychic alarm that breaks through the Citadel, and then they prepare for war. The Citadel starts it becomes under attack like almost immediately. Uh, Spinoza gets the notification that she has to get back now. They try to get all the Kral, but Kral is deep within some area trying to get this information. He gets the information. Uh, in one of the better scenes in the book, Danny, you were completely right. Uh, th- that that whole scene right there was written amazingly. It should have just been a chapter by itself instead of breaking up. Uh, when he's meeting with the Magister, asking questions and discovering that it's actually two people, and yeah. then kills and then kills him because why not? Uh, Dave, you there? Nope. Okay, we're recording now uh, after right. my internet crapped out and we lost it halfway through. But Dave, please continue with your magical summary when I have no idea where you left off. I thought, I, I thought, I thought I'd bored you and you just left. You were like, we're done with recording tonight. Uh, <laughs> that's it <laughs> so Kral is uh, Kral's at the Magister he's getting information trying to figure out where this transmission came from so that he could figure out where the uh, Xenos came from originally meanwhile back at the Citadel they're being absolutely and utterly overrun uh, so they retreat back to the command center and they set off a bio uh, chemical thing bacteria thing that kills everybody inside the Citadel who is not inside this con- uh, this control room including Huck the archivist and a, a girl with that works with Spinoza that was a servant uh, in exchange for fruit uh, and uh, there's a moment there when they're getting ready to set this off. It's supposed to be like a character building moment where Spinoza takes responsibility for it so that Rebus doesn't have to make this call that he's killing what two thirds of their staff or something like that? One third. One third. It you know, yes. and have the deaths live on his hands. Um, Kral escapes the magisters and he gets confronted by the uh, administratum guy that he'd, he'd talked to and interviewed when he was there with thugs to stop him. And then the secretary shows up out of nowhere and kills that guy for him. You know, turns out it, the secretary was his pilot the whole time. The from the first book. So that was interesting. 
and and then we start getting to the really interesting part of the book uh, from your guys's perspective. For me, that okay. it was all good. So that encounter ended like maybe two third, maybe a th- maybe a halfway through the book. Like was that like was the whole uh, like siege and destruction of the for- of the of his fortress? Yeah, literally. Well, okay, maybe sixty percent, but it's like literally. Like ten to twenty percent of the book is going through, like them planning something, but not really making any decisions and talking about like how they feel about how they killed all these people and how it's fucking with them. Like I, that was so hard to get through. I was so bored reading that. Part it was of the like book. weekly I mean, staff meeting the novel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I know, Danny, you can empathize with me. There's been a lot of staff meetings recently oh and various my God. things. And that's the last thing I want to read about. I can only imagine listening to it <laughs> just the same as a God. <laughs> I mean, I get it that it's there kind of to bottleneck them in and kind of build character and kind of learn all the different people, like do all this. I, I totally get it. I do. And I don't know if it's just because I've had like almost two hours of meeting a day for the last three weeks that I'm just like, Oh my God, yeah. I'm just have to sit through this now. So I don't know if I have some bias from it from that, but yeah, it was a lot of like, it's, you know, in oceans 11 when they're planning the heist and all you see is like, they're talking about it, but then it just cuts to them doing it. And it's exciting. Cause you just see them oh, the, doing it. The best part of the right. Ocean's Eleven right. movie. So, so right. this part of the book is like, if they they did that, except they didn't cut to any of the exciting parts, and it was just a bunch of people sitting in a room talking about <laughs> what they might do. Like, All right, let's go do it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can completely see that, and you're right. It, it does slow down a little bit right there. I think it was to try to, try to set a mood uh, of how they were all feeling, but I, I just don't think it carried through properly, if that makes sense. Yeah, so. no, it totally does. But, but uh, then, then light bulb, right? Crowl is like, oh, I found something in Huck's old room, even though she's dead, and I've got an idea. Dun, oh, it's, dun, easy, dun. it's easier to find things when people are dead. They don't complain when you steal them. Right. <laughs> so when he talks to Spinoza about the fact that she was still talking to the bad Inquisitor from the first book and says, hey, what if you actually responded again? Well, she's dead. That wouldn't do anything, right? But it does. Wow. Sorry, I don't know where the pause was there for a second. Yeah. I was waiting for one of you to jump in, actually. But uh, yeah, No, you're overall. you're doing amazing. Thanks. When dream of jumping over you. We're <laughs> um, jumping yeah. you. So come on. Everybody dreams of jumping me. I'm a catch. <laughs> so so they do this. I mean you're doing such thing. a good job of summarizing it, I'm not gonna step on you at all when you're doing it. Thanks, man. They they do this weird thing with yeah, the seriously, cons. Dave. I would never <laughs> dream <laughs> while you're doing this. So they do a weird thing with the calm. That's some sort of weird psychic backlash. Crowl uh, hears something and go, and it triggers a memory. And he goes, "I know where they are." And they're in the Hollow Mountain. Shocking. Yeah. So. What is the Hollow Mountain, Dave? The titular place. Well mentioned. This was a little bit different for me because in my head, the the Emperor of Mankind was the beacon, okay, for the longest time, sitting on the throne. Someone but, hasn't read their Chaos Codexes. Yeah, right? 
not the fluff stuff, just the rules. So the the Hollow Mountain is actually the Astronomicon itself, the light that everybody uses to fly by, uh, powered by all of the psychers. And so, so he gathers everybody up, and they take off in the last two ships that still work and uh, go to assault it. Uh, I was, seems great, like great planning, right? Yeah, I was you a giant know, like fan. Dudes. They, they, they hailed the, the Hollow Mountain and no one responded. So then they just spent like 10 minutes just shooting the shit out of a door. I mean, I love that entire sequence because, like, they melted a door off its hinges to get in, but it was like they spent so long shooting at it. I, I hated that part because they were shooting the heavy bolters and the las cannons at the same time, and I was like, come on, man, save the heavy bolter shots. They're not doing anything to this hey, doors. It was like, you know that if you don't have any other viable targets, you might as well just throw all your guns into it. Yeah, but the las cannons heated it up, and they turned it into, like, melted uh, metal, and, and then it... the. Heavy bolters knocked it in. I, I do like the description they went on for this bit as well. As like once they blew open the door, like the shadows and the darkness from inside kind of like dripped out, like you know, like blood from a wound. I was like, whoa, yeah. that's that's cool. It's an ominous place and a massive place too. So they get inside and they land, and this is where the black ships land. Like this is uh, a hangar they're in that is big enough to fit a black ship, which is like, whoa, I didn't even think about them just docking and like going straight there. Right, and then shuttling people down. Yeah, that, that that's crazy. Um, there's a descriptor about the black ships in that I'm trying to find here really fast because it was uh, it struck me as, as just kind of like super good uh, as they were talking about it being like. Uh, so it describes all of the psychers as little little more than an exalted psychic firewood. Yep. I like also that they described it as was it the humanity like what was once seen as like humanity's future and the, the evolution of humanity is now nothing more than just like a battery. And I really like the way yep. they presented like the the psychers that are sacrifices. Yeah, that was supposed to be where humanity is at at this point, but they can't advance because they're they're kind of feeding this giant battery here. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's the one section of descriptor in this book that I was like, wow, that's actually different. You know, like it's a, it's a take on the whole as opposed to just a here's smog and a mountain. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was great descriptions in there. Um, and again, it just it goes on as well how they they talk in this book as well about how even official imperial lore doesn't agree on what stuff is. And they kind of talk about the the Catch-22 situation of how the Golden Throne's being described. It's like, well, if we use that to kind of guide ships, does that mean that, like, when the Emperor always had to be on it or wasn't on it? And just, there's a lot of, like, conflicting, like, the church looks at it this way, but the citizens look at it this way, but it could be this way. Also, did yeah. you guys notice the the Holy Bible is in universe uh, a book there? I did not catch that. Yeah, so so uh, the inquisitor, sure. yeah, the inquisitor is having in the, in the prescribed text that he has. Yeah, and the, the heretical prescribed yeah. text. He he, did, but it came from the Book of Revelations. It was like, oh, that's cool. So so yeah, the Bible Neat. is a part of it. <laughs> but then they I meet mean, every other part of human history is a part of it. I'm just false. I'm just surprised. False. 
Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. No, yeah, it stops around the 30s. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we fly the, fly the ships in using the spotlights, which barely pierce the inky darkness, which, by the way, and at this point, the book turns into, what, House on Silent Hill or something like that? Oh, it's got a Lovecraftian feel to it, like, when they come in. Yeah, Warhammer horror takes over. I thought it was like the scene from uh, My Little Pony. Event Horizon. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. On the bridge, and like it's all everything is like you know just dead bodies smeared on the windows, and like yeah, just blood everywhere. And people broke. They describe it, you know, as and people break. Uh, depths were breaking, like uh, uh, view screens and just anything they could with glass to try to try to kill themselves first before whatever killed yeah. them. So uh, hats off to the uh, 25 people that walked inside this uh, this place to live, to, to invade it. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's <laughs> some big old balls. Assaulting on a there. mountain with an Inquisitor and 20 humans. <laughs> with las guns. <laughs> well, they're, hey, they're all guns. And they're, plasma guns. Yeah, well, that's fair. That's they, fair. they also brought plasma guns, yeah. But uh, do they? So uh, as they're getting in there, they have to get in the next door, uh, and they, you know, they can't get it to open with uh, just entering codes and shit. So one of the troopers puts a melt bomb on it, and uh, sets it, walks away, blows it up, walks forward to look through it, and then immediately like vomits <laughs> because blood is just rushing out of beyond the door they just blew up. I was like, okay, this is terrifying. One of the other things that I thought that the author did really good, and this kind of reminds me of that, is he did a really good job of kind of setting this, like, describing that the characters were very nervous, not just because of, like, everything they're seeing in front of them, but also there's, like, a psychic field that's, like, making them feel, like, distressed. And so they're, like, seeing things, like, and they're seeing things that have bothered them throughout, like, the story. So, like, Two of the characters, like the stormtrooper captain and Spinoza, like like see the homunculus like in like the sides of their vision and stuff like that when they're looking around, and like it's like seeing yeah. that has fucked with them super hard. And the Inquisitor throughout the entire book, talked to it, right, 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 which I thought was really well done. All of that like psychological stuff was well done for sure. Yeah, it was very well written. So we're inside. We fight some bad guys, right? Uh, yeah. Evil psycher demon children. <laughs> uh, the Astronomican Choir. Yeah. Uh, which Freaking I thought nuts. was a, was another great uh, thing this book changes. Um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong in this here, but pointing out that uh, there's actually two sets of psychers that are needed uh, to sustain. So you have the Astronomican Choir, which is a more highly trained choir that lasts days or months or however long it might be to, to kind of guide the ships of the Imperium. And then you also have the sacrificial batteries that go to the Golden Throne. So now we're having two sets of people sacrificed as psychers. Yeah. And it was at this point they they uh, revealed the, uh, the tear in space that is ripped across the Imperial space. And, it, and that's what's fucking with everybody. Yep, yep. And then they're just yelling out the tear, the tear. The Oh, the wound, the wound. Oh, the wound, that's it, the wound. <laughs> I, and I, so I like this. They meet this kid that's, this psyker kid that's got this, he's all distended and warped, and he's dragging a, half a body behind him, just screaming the wound at them. And Kral just says, end it. 
<laughs> There's also a great scene with like the leader of this the astronomical inquiry, like the the lady who's like has the most around about to kill them, and she's talking, but her mouth isn't moving the whole time. And he points that out several times, and I'm like, man, that's dumb. But then I thought about it, I'm like, man, that's really creepy. Just like having yeah. this like normal talking voice, uh, and she takes. Oh, I'm sorry, go on, Dave. No, no, was she? She herself was a badass, and and I thought maybe he knew her because he addresses her uh, by something, and I wrote it down, but I, I don't remember it. But that turns out to not be her name, so I was like, oh, never mind. At this point, as they're surrounded and shit's hitting the fan, uh, we get uh, the the imperial fists doing unimperial fisty things. Hold on. You, you've got to take just two steps back. Cause oh, the sure. Fists. So you have a, this moment before they meet uh, the psychic choir leader lady where the, the Kral and the assassin are like, we have to go on and get this guy. He's trapped in here. The guy that ordered the throne to be turned off, he's here. We're going to get him. We're going to prosecute him. And Spinoza, the rest of the stormtroopers, uh, and Rebus are like, no, we need to survive. We need to get help here now. So they split from them. And they break into a control room, and she uses her Crozius Arcanum to call for help because she has an oath. And let me just say, they got there really fucking fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when they, they did were get there, a couple blocks away, getting some Grok's burgers. <laughs> <laughs> they were just out for some late night recap, and uh, oh hey, oh so, uh, Chaplain Brother Johnson just sending us a message. Part raging party at the Hollow Mountain. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, we find out that the third conspirator that, that brought Xenos to Terra was another High Lord. <laughs> so that's us at two High Lords of Terra uh, doing this here. And not only... I think it's only one High Lord, wasn't it? No, it was the Fabricator General as well. Oh, you're right, you're right. Uh, but yeah, the Master of the Astronomicon is the other person part of uh, who's part of this conspiracy. Um, this dun, is... Dun, dun. So this is something I have issue with in this book. But I feel will be addressed maybe in the next book here. But you have one Inquisitor who, during the rift opening, the acquired dying and the Golden Throne failing, decides he's going to arrest the High Lord of the Astronomicon. I yeah, feel uh, that's like I told you, big, big, well, big, big balls, giant big balls. balls. He's, he's really unhinged right now. Oh yeah, completely. Uh, he's not thinking clearly. Like he's uh, everything has gotten way too much for him. Even his servo skulls didn't follow him when he broke off. Just the crazy assassin chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she wanted to kill the High Lord for her own Inquisitor Master, who was murdered by his order. Technically, maybe, possibly, who knows? Uh, but, I'm uh, I'm pretty sure inside the Hollow Mountain. Is is lined with that Noctilith ship? What's it called again? The the stone? Oh, Cadia. Yeah, the black. I'm sure it's Blackstone on the inside. Um, yeah, and, and so and for the final, uh, final whatever it is, uh, tie into the you know to let you know exactly what time period this is really taking place. The uh, High Lord of the Astronomicon says, "We just we have lost Cadia." Okay. Oh yeah, and, he's like what? Which is not common knowledge <laughs> right now. Yeah, yeah. so the, the, it's like, he goes, uh, they're agitated souls out here now, they have a reason to be, we have lost Cadia, and Kral thought he must have misheard, like, he's just confused, he's like, we have what? And he says, we've lost Cadia, so, uh, 
we're fucked. But, uh, we, but I can fix it, you know. Something else is pointed out here uh, by the master of the Astronomicon is a deal was made with the Dark Eldar to um, mm. fix the throne. He, he, he doesn't say a deal is made with the Dark Eldar. He won't. He actually never admits who he made the deal with. Right. Which, um, we find out about is, this that they know nothing about Dark Eldar. Like, we, obviously, as players and as being able to read uh, several novels and rule books, we know who Dark Eldar are. Uh, the Imperium does not know a lot. Um, but they, they said that they made a deal with them, uh, and there's a ship carrying the last um, part of their side of the agreement that will not be able to be stopped. Yeah, um, and, uh, and, and that has led me to believe to, to figure out who's going to be in the next book, possibly, in some way, shape, or form. But Is it Maeve uh, Meaton? Yeah. Yeah, Maeve Meaton's in. That's he's writing it right now. <laughs> the fanfic version of it. Fuck yeah, <laughs> I I masturbate to that every night, so it's fine. So you get the Imperial Fist. They help out uh, Spinoza, and they move to to help save the Astronomicon. But what what transpires with them from the last time you see them to the next time they appear, you don't ever find out about. Not good <laughs> they, stuff. Yeah, so in standard Imperial Fist fashion, they're not really in the book. Um, <laughs> well, like, they do really cool things. Like, they jump out and start shooting, and, like, the way a Space Marine is described as fighting is really well handled here. Like, I think we've noticed this, but, like, Chris Wright is amazing at kind of building up descriptions and kind of putting you there. Um, they, they, he talks about how, like, they just grab cargo and just jump up to their Thunderhawk, like, 20 feet away with ease. Um, so he's kind of good at building that up there, but outside of kind of one or two feats that the human characters see, yeah, they're, they're not really much there. They have other things going on. Well, I guess the rifts opened up and, you know, Terra's all got a corn invasion going on, so they might have other things to worry about now. Potentially something like that. So yeah, crawl is, is dealing with this guy and he's like, well, it's a shame you're going to die. Uh, and it was at that point, the Astronomicon exploded. <laughs> <laughs> He apparently he couldn't fix it as he kept saying it throughout the conversation. Um, I was I had a strong Otto Octavius vibe from him from Spider Man Two. You know it's it's going to stabilize. It'll stabilize like the nope. whole time. It wasn't even a joke. Yeah. That's just that's how how the master of the Astronomicon yeah. is to me now. Yeah, <laughs> only super badass psyker. And both of the two psychers that they really talk about at the end here were just absolutely amazing. Like they they freeze everybody in place. Um, Resonance was the name of the person that, uh, the woman that was the psychic choir, what leader or whatnot. And she's got the assassin just locked down in like a psychic straitjacket, but the assassin can still move some, just not enough. You know what I mean? Like she's got a little bit of tiny room. It just tells you how powerful she really is. Uh, and, and until the Astronomicon exploded, Kral was going to die. In fact, the leader. Uh, was lifting up his special bolt pistol and pointing it and put it to his forehead to kill him with it. It, it was it was a good scene. Then it blows up, and he and the assassin get free. And well, you know, everybody dies after that. So but then we have kind of the Lord of the Rings ending, where we see yeah. everyone's recovery for a little bit, and it makes me think that we're going to see like a similar kind of structure in book three, uh, which is uh, I'm sure coming soon. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. I, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, obviously, you know, 
this third person dies before he can get the answers he wants, and he has this brief moment of, do I save him or the assassin who both toppled over the ledge, but then he saves the assassin, which was a shame, because she was voiced with a Russian accent, and it was absolutely terrible by a dude doing a chick uh. in Russian accent in the audiobook. Oh, I was aroused. <laughs> it's not surprising. But yeah, coming out of this, um, the description of the Astronomical Choir uh, and the Hollow Mountain itself, amazing, changing for me. Um, the the continuation of the description of like the Emperor's Palace, there is even some mention there that Magnus was originally designed to take the Emperor's place right now, and he was just going to sit on the throne like the whole yep. time. Uh, and that was that was kind of laid out in this book here. Yeah. Uh, the deal with the Dark Eldar not being 100% complete was thrown in, which I enjoyed, which means I'm sure they're going to try so, and stop the ship. I, I honestly don't think it was a deal with the Dark Eldar. See, I still think uh, it was. Well, I, I'll tell you why. Uh, so after reading this and listening to it, the emissaries all themselves came to see the throne. And they went off on their way to try to do what was necessary to save, uh, which is why the emperor had to uh, be turned off because the throne was failing. And mm -hmm. they were trying to figure out who could save mankind. Now, I obviously see, uh, maybe this is me, but I see an obvious tie-in with your brain. As oh, yeah, like the Yunari. Yes, like the Yunari had come down, the rebirth people, if you will. Uh, so I think I think we're going to see the Yunari in the next book instead of just the one lone humunculi and thinking that it's uh, Dark Eldar uh, only tied in, if that makes sense. And then so the emissaries the homunculi, like all the homunculus covens, are not part of the Yunari. So who oh, knows? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I just I, that's what I'm expecting to see in the next book is because what is the supposed savior of mankind right now? Currently in this current Imperium, it, it's Rabute Guleman. So I could see that as the deal that was made. Right. Um, I think, man, it's tough because, yeah, I, I like that it's advancing the main plot while also still staying sort of grounded. Sort of street level. Like I said, if you put Crowl against Eisenhorn, Crowl just eats shit like immediately. Um, so well, like, kind of so he's not a psyker like guys on owner. Well, you have so. like that kind of street level character, right? And then kind of the street level story. And I like I, even though RBD's things make sense in that regard, um, I think directly these books have led to the Warhammer Crime um, sub series that's been announced. Um, and I'm looking I, forward to that. And and again, I'm, I'm I'm a little wary. I don't know. It's like because now we have Warhammer Horror, Warhammer Crime. Um, like all these brands and indents when like, oh, just it's one good stories. I don't care kind of what, what indent it comes from. Um, this book was good though. I, and, and it, I am getting to a point almost with black library books when I read them where the first third or two thirds is not anything particularly special or, or interesting, but the last third, it's like they have a formula down where we're like the last third kind of really amps you up and we're like, Oh man, that book was great. And then, like, you read again the first third, and it's just, it might not pick up quite as much as you thought it did. I mean, does that make sense to you guys? Or? Oh, it completely does. Do you, do you remember when you and I reviewed, because uh, Ted could not, the uh, Gav, uh, the fan of the podcast, uh, Gav Thorpe's uh, uh, Path of the Eldar, what, uh, what was it? Um, oh, it was Ghost Warrior. Ghost Warrior, yeah. When it was just like that, like it, it was a slog to get through that first three quarters of the book. But as soon as you got through that, oh, man. it was just Jeez, an amazing Eldar, story. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
So, uh, and this this kind of I mean, if you're not into uh, that the like this, I I felt this book needed the 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 going out on their different ways and doing their different exposition and and uncovering all this stuff and working to try to get all the answers together so they could come back and and formulate a plan. I I I liked that, but uh, you know that's just the way that I liked it. I so. think the big detriment for me right now is the the shared universe stuff that's going on. So you have Chris Wright, he has the Carrying Throne series. He also has what's the Emperor's Legion, I think it's called series. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and and both of those right now are intersecting a, a lot. And I, I see it not intersecting as much as it goes away, but it leaves me saying, "Oh, where is this character?" And then I have to, oh, "Okay, he is Emperor's Legion." Okay, and I'm like, oh, where is this character? Yeah. Like, oh, oh, he's carrying throne. So they, they had enough crossover in these first three or four books now where it's like it makes sense that they do, but it kind of pulls me out of it a little too. And I don't know if it's just because mentally right now, I'm, I'm obviously not picking things up as much as I should. Um, but that's kind of one of the issues I've had with these series too is because they're both similarly written. Um with obviously Emperor's Legion having slightly bigger themes because they talk about like the corn invasion of Terra. Um, but, but they have a real similar feel between the two series there. And I'm just having trouble kind of separating them right now. And even when we were agreeing like, hey, we're going to do a book review. Let's do this book. There was a good few days when we were all confused of what, which book it was going to be. Yeah, that, that's really my fault because I had actually meant the Emperor's Legion because <laughs> I thought that was the Kral book. So right. I, I actually had bought that to take to Vegas to read uh, in my downtime and then never got a chance to. So I was like, oh, well, I've got a perfect opportunity to read Watchers of the Throne, the Emperor's Legion, the next book in the series of Crowl and Spinoza. But I was incredibly wrong. Right. So, yeah, we got like a week before the episode and, and I'm like, how is Hollow Mountain going on? And both you and Danny were like, what the fuck is a Hollow Mountain? Uh, <laughs> Danny was reading book three, you know. I was reading. <laughs> I was reading a different book. It was crazy. Oh, but man, um, if you're starting a corn army, that's a great book to read. Holy cow! Uh, oh yeah, dude. I, I will. Ha- I mean, it's. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> um, sitting next to me, Danny. What are your some of the thoughts? Because I know we differ. Like, so we both agree that, like, kind of the first little bit, what kind of wasn't our jam. Um, but where we sort of disagree here is kind of the the kind of the implications of what's mentioned within the book here. So so kind of take me through your thoughts about like that that last quarter. So I guess like okay, so I, I guess my issue is is that like nothing in this book was particularly like earth shattering for my view of what's going on at this point in time because we kind of already know that some of this stuff has happened. Uh so like yeah the astronomicon going out is real bad like and that's like and the the after effects of that have been just were described in one of chris wright's other books um and so i like i was already prepared for that (laughs) i guess well i try Um, to remember this this book came out last summer that we're reading so but i think it even came out after um the Emperor's Legion one did. It did. The Watchers did. of the Throne by, by a long time. Because I remember seeing, yeah. like, hearing the rift open across the galaxy and, like, the Legions of Corn appearing in Terra. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's really bad. And now we have, like, a bunch of really well-trained psychers died inside a mountain. It's like the stakes are, are a little different. Right. That's true. That's true. I, I think um, it just paints a, a different picture of what was happening at that time, which is kind of nice. Well, it gives you, know? you a different view. Like, yeah. you're, right. you're, you're, you're kind of zooming in a little bit more. 
Yeah. What about uh, the so um... overall? I thought the the writing was fine. Like it was. It, <laughs> I said that as a as a description of the book before. <laughs> the writing was good. Like in general, I just thought the the pacing wasn't as good, and so like I'd still give it like a, a B minus if I were going to give it a grade. I still enjoyed it. Okay. I, I still like where the story's going. Um, this is a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Beast Arises suffered from this a little bit, but this was a bookkeeping movie where they have, oh no, where they have characters and they have to have them going in certain directions and have to have certain motivations. And I feel like this book was a setup book more than anything else there. Cause, cause Danny sort of right in a way that in terms of, ground shattering information i mean it wasn't sort of like carrying the throne where you're finding out oh there's a xenos and terror oh these people brought it here you know god the throne is for sure broken yeah you know all this, this stuff was kind of confirmed carrying the throne and this one has seemed to be more like a, a directional book all right so let me let me tell you why I, I i as soon as i finished this book i realized exactly what it was about this book that made me like it so much uh, I love Empire Strikes Back. I think it's probably my favorite Star Wars movie. We're not going to get into like ranking Star Wars movies, John. I know where I know where you stand. Okay, so uh, I'm a Return of the Jedi but, guy. But this book, after looking back at the first book, is Empire Strikes Back to a T. All right, it Wait. ends. They've kind of succeeded on what they wanted, but not really. Uh, they're beaten. They're broken. And they have to go continue on on their mission. All right. It, the first book ended great. They blew up the Death Star. I mean, killed the homunculus uh, before it could turn off the Emperor. Uh, and then they go and they're they're running and then they're besieged and they're on their new base at their base. And then they're doing stuff. And I, I think the third book is going to be Return of the Jedi. I, I think we will find a direct tie to Return of the Jedi. I mean, was it Empire, though? It was. It was totally Empire, dude. They get besieged. They got to go out and attack and, and go out and go to someplace else to accomplish something. And they end up just barely recovering from that and escaping. I mean, dude, that's that's like Ocean's 13 as well, then. It's I mean, I, I get it. I mean, it's it's. uh it, I mean, this is my take on it, though. No, for sure. Yeah, and and see, your so. opinion is as loved and valued as you are. Um, it's just, yeah, I, I guess I see that. I just, I, I have a, like, Empire is, is such a weird one, right? Because it ends, a lot of stuff happens, a lot of pieces move, but it's dark. It's a really dark ending. And I think this book suffers a little bit by the fact that it's not really that dark. Because, yeah, we know the rift happens and we know this stuff happens here. Uh, the Astronomicon goes out, John. Right. It's clearly dark. Right. But we know, like, the problem is we know exactly <laughs> what happens afterwards for hundreds of years after. And this is the issue with, like, stories post-rift is, yeah, we have this great playground where, it, like, stories can take place at any time because time works differently in the rift. But we have this rift on Terra. We we have this Hollow Mountain book that's released. Um, we already know the outcome of what happens on Terra from Watchers of the Throne. We already know the outcome of the Great Rift from Dark Imperium and Plague War and kind of stuff like that. And even so far as the gather uh, the, the sorry the Psychic Awakening series, we know what's going to happen. 
So it takes away some of like the the desperation I felt at the end of Empire watching it, not knowing what's going to happen, you know, not knowing if they're going to get Han back, like all that other kind of stuff there. True, I guess. Uh, like, I mean, that's but, just you know, my opinion that, on that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I I tend to read these books without thinking about the other stuff that's going on in the universe at the time when I when I'm reading one of these stories, so I can just get involved in it. So, yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, I I enjoyed the book. I enjoyed the book a lot, actually. Uh, I, I'm with you. The beginning was very very hard, if you will, to to get into. Yeah, <laughs> and and then um. Yeah, it's a, but it's still good, I feel. It's a good... It's not a good standalone. It's a great addition to the series. Yes. That, that's why I said I felt like it could have been part of the first book. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like it if they had... One big book instead of... Because it's not very long. You no, know, it's... Uh, it's yeah. only 271 pages. So as far as, like, some of their books go, it's kind of short, you right. know? Right, and like I said, it might have been a sort of thing where it's... And it does feel too much for one book, not enough for two. If we're looking at kind of the two of the things together. And I think, I mean, even thinking about it, that's why some of the, I think some of the scenes were like elongated. Like, and we spent longer in some areas. Um, or if it's kind of like, well, shit, Chris, let's make this two books. And he's like, well, I guess I'm writing 15 pages describing how the sun looks from this angle. Um, amazing. <laughs> I, it was oh, amazing. Yeah, not yeah, a bad thing smoky. whatsoever. Um, but yeah. But yeah, that's uh, I give kinda... it. I give it a. I give it an. I give it an A for me, actually. An A. You know, it's a, an an A, an alpha. An alpha. Um, give it a B. Let's all be like that. I think the problem being, like, I was so. I found the the first. So the first like third was okay for me because it kind of was recapping what happened in the Carrying Throne, taking some of those loose threads. Um, lost me a little in the middle. But then when they kind of do the assault on Hollow Mountain, um, that was when it really kind of kicked in for me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is fucking amazing. But then I also realized, hey, this is me with every Black Library book right now. Is like disinterest for the first little bit. And then the last third is like, oh, shit, okay, here, this is really good. Um, Yeah, I would say a good B. A good B. Which I think averages out to a B if it goes B minus B and A, right? Mm, Sure. So, so making me the winner um, of this episode of uh, Cups. Oh, so you're saying that the person that guessed last <laughs> what the average grade was going to be. Exactly. <laughs> get get the fuck out of here with that. Seriously. It's not a, what, and it's a competition? <laughs> uh, yeah. You guys didn't know it was in a competition? That sounds like a you issue. <laughs> We're gonna, uh, Dave, anything else you want to add about Golden Throne? Oh, Golden Throne, fuck. Anything uh, else you want to add about um, Hollow Mountain? Uh, no, I just, I really enjoyed it to the point where as soon as I finished it, I immediately tweeted at uh, Chris Wright to ask him if he was drawing inspiration from the original Star Wars series because if I like it, to me, I enjoyed it, which means that I probably will not enjoy the third book because I didn't like Jedi as much. But oh man, Jedi was me. so good. Jedi was the best it's, one. It's no prequels. Jedi was the best one. Uh, all right, we're gonna take our last break uh, with Danny's favorite advert, and then we're gonna come back and wrap this this bad boy up. Earl Hagen was a legend. 
1960, he whistled his way into Hollywood and into our hearts. Decades later, he made a comeback, lending those lustrous lips in the 1980s to such bands as the Scorpions, Guns N' Roses, and Pat Benatar. A half century after his humble beginnings, he's at it again. This time without cumbersome musical accompaniment, he'll have you wetting your whistle and whistling along. His new album, Earl Whistles Disney, is sure to be a hit with all generations. Order now and receive a bonus album, Earl Whistles More Shit, a collection of previously unreleased material of Earl's favorite songs through the years. On this bonus album, he demonstrates his newly mastered technique of inward whistling. Order yours today on compact disc or double-length cassette. Also available at fine retailers such as Walgreens, CVS, and participating Sam Goody stores. Earl Whistles Disney. Buy it today. That is an instant purchase for anyone who hears that um, advert right there. I've been practicing my inward advertisement. It's perfect. Um, so, hey, Danny, there's some questions from our, our um, Discord here. Uh, we have our Mob Rule Discord. <clears throat> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Which so you can gain access to for as little as a dollar a month. A, a dollar through pretty, our Patreon. Pr- pretty much once. <laughs> then, uh, I don't have the <laughs> discipline to go through and double check stuff. Um, but Panana Beals, uh, artist extraordinaire, Chicagoan. Um, Hey, you think Ant-Man has a water-based alt-universe variant that's that fish that swims up your urethra? Kanduri man Kanduri man mm. I hope not. I'm just going to aubergine this, uh, this comment. It's a stupid supervillain or hero. I mean, I <laughs> no, dude, if you're, if you're swimming up, up someone's pee hole, if you're swimming up a dick, you're a villain. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, what superhero does that? Well, if you read the, the newer comics, I'm sure that Ant-Man has gotten shrunk down enough that he could get into the body like that. I mean, oh. it's just a way in. He's I'm considered sure he a does. hero, right? Always. Always. It depends which Ant-Man, I guess, and how much and how you feel about domestic violence. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's book three of um, the, the the Vaults of Terror series. This one deals with domestic violence. <laughs> Heresy in the household. falls down a flight of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Heresy in your household PSAs are, are quite, quite enlightening. Um, some housekeeping. Uh, so recently we embarked on an open play narrative campaign as a palate cleanser for competitive gaming um, after LVO. Uh, thankfully, life is giving us a palate cleansing break from competitive wargaming. Uh, so if that, only we had known. So, so yeah, our narrative campaign is on hold. Uh, we do continue to, well, we plan to continue as soon as is able. Um, but we were at a situation where, like, we were playing over the phone and, like, I was pretending I didn't have the bandwidth so Dave could read my tape measure or dice correctly. He didn't believe I got, like, 46s. It was a whole thing. Uh, so, yeah, we will resume that once uh, once there's a little bit of normality around um, is the plan there. That's fair. That's fair, right? You know, it's, it's hard could, to play games when you're not allowed to leave your house. Can you, can you give me some advance notice? Because I've 
kind of taking a break from painting the chaos. I'd like to be able to paint the chaos to get back ready to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Before we start. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's some housekeeping on that there. Um, other housekeeping, we will continue to produce content uh, throughout. Uh, we'll be fun and remote uh, until uh, time says to do so as we are fine, upstanding, middle-aged citizens of the world. Uh, but and we're both fun and remote. That's right. That's well. right. We're used to being remote, being up here in Alaska. Um, mm, yeah, now everybody else knows how it feels. Suck on that, Wayne Brady. <laughs> Um, but yeah, luckily, unlike other podcasts, we are not necessarily beholden to actually having to play. Uh, the majority of you listen to us to to hear us say really stupid shit that doesn't really equate to things. And laugh, because we're kind of like your friends sitting around the table hanging out painting, you know. Apart from you. You know who you are. You. Well. Yeah. <laughs> it's me. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, best. Boys, um, uh, what else do we have to add? Well, we, we should. We would be remiss if we did not mention the Rogue Trader Network, where you can find other great podcasts that are not actually tied to competitive gaming, except for the New Zealand one. Those guys are fucked right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, mainly because of the model prices, not necessarily because of this uh, shutdown here. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, NZ Forty oh, Cabal. Nazgul. Mm. Yeah, NZ Forty Cabal uh, in the land of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Uh, talking about the New Zealand competitive scene, but mainly just shit talking. Right now, yeah. Uh, you've got the High Lords of Terra still doing great stuff, reviewing, uh, just kind of talking about lore and stuff like that. And then, unfortunately, if you are in the South, you can only get the Dangly Boys, apparently. Because, yeah, so Southern Internet is regionally locked <laughs> into the content you can get. You have <laughs> Dang- to like them. Dangly Boys. They're what Florida would be if it was a podcast. Ooh. <laughs> There's a Florida Man podcast, so... Yeah, yeah but those Florida guys are Man. really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those guys are Brohammer. The Florida Man podcast is yeah. Brohammer. Yeah, uh, Dangly Boy is the podcast that would register as Brohammer to avoid playing you. Mm. <laughs> Dangly Boys. <laughs> the Bible Belt of podcasts. <laughs> oh, my God. Seth, please listen. I hope you listen to this, Seth. Oh, he does. That's That's, <laughs> that's his fault, especially now. Um, but yeah, definitely check out Dangly Boys as well. Uh, I think everyone in the Rogue Trader Network has the benefit of being able to shit talk for an hour and a half, at least once a month. So you have a lot of great content right there. Yeah, some of you, you I can't wait for or people just to start content. finding us. Yeah, there's so many podcasts right now that have nothing. You know, this 40, I feel bad for 40K Stat Center because they're funny, holy, but they're not. They're holy not shit. Can, can I just hear real quick? Soapbox. <laughs> Soapbox. Soapbox. Soapbox! Hey, competitive 40k, stop fucking just posting 40,000 notifications to my fucking timeline that someone released a YouTube video. It's, it's too much. It's too much right now. It's pretty bad. That's all I got. That's all my soapbox. Comp 40k. You're, you're home for links to other people's not actually playing comp stuff right now. Yeah, you have like Knights of the Game Table, the spiky bits of coaching services like on there all the time. <laughs> you have like, I don't know, like Vanguard Tactics asking you to name a studio but not taking my box the box box suggestion. Um, it's just, it's, that it's, was, re- it was a really good suggestion. It was. Right up there with Mick Body, Mick Boxy Box Box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, the cramp zone is another one I suggested for that, but that didn't take neither. But yeah, uh, that's it's it's weird seeing the world adapt. Uh, hey, also soapbox, don't play tabletop simulator. It's trash. How the fuck are you meant to move stuff without causing a physics-based explosion on the table? Not a fan. Uh, Josh and I, uh, we tried to play Titanicus over it last week. Um, all I did was end up throwing knights at a location I thought Josh would be standing at. Uh, it didn't work. Like like actual Josh? Yeah, yeah, like me and Josh. We were on Steam. We were No, I mean you're trying to throw where you thought he actually was. You're yeah, so because it, it has like a little knights. marker on the side of the table where the, the camera is for the other player. So I just kept throwing like Warlord Titans at, at that camera. Because I figured out how to do that. But apparently you need to like... So, oh, fuck. The, the, the Titanicus mod, you have a Warlord Titan... And then you have a base. And then I have to manually figure out a way to attach him to his base. And I'm like, I shouldn't have to read like a 15-minute tutorial to do this. Well, I think Danny has said it best uh, when, he's, when he was quoted earlier uh, for describing Tabletop Simulator. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It, it works. It, it'll, it allows it'll do. To, I mean, it's, it's like off-brand meth. You're still going to get a little high, but it's probably going to definitely leave you angry. But yeah, man, the desperation of Comp 40K right now is just like meth heads trying to search the couch for like spare change to buy their next hit at this point. it's. Though yeah. I think a lot of it, John, might be that you and I just don't understand it properly because uh, I'm old. one I... of the guys in our Discord is actually running a tournament right now because of he has the High Lords uh, Marshall Championship thing they're doing on there, which <laughs> I caught a little bit of, and it's actually not bad. I am old. I refuse to learn technology. I figured you would at least be with me on this, Dave. I don't oh, I need your sass right now. I'm, I'm 100% with you. I'm just try, I'm trying not to diminish any, anybody else's enjoyment of it. I'm trying to take my earlier advice from the soapbox. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Hey, uh, Danny, well, it's your soapbox time. Uh, we have both uh, soapbox. It's time for you to soapbox. Uh, I, I don't have a soapbox. No, because you're too busy playing Dark Heresy with a bunch of cool people. Oh, hit that, oh yeah! Hit that end credit button, John. I'm also doing that. No. <laughs> Available on our Patreon. Yeah, at some point. Yeah, because Danny's going to send me the file, and I'm going to cut it up episodically, like an asshole. Oh, do you really want the file? Because I had no idea to do that, and I will oh. happily send that. To oh no, you. yeah, send me the file, and I'll cut it up into 30 minute segments. Okay, cool. So yeah, look for you that as well. Just the audio for that, John. If you're no, no, I'll take it all. Um, yeah, that's that's that's, what she said. <laughs> that's all we have, and we'll be back in two weeks. Probably another. Sorry. Yeah, sorry in advance. <laughs> Probably another book review. Maybe something crazy like a like a army list challenge. Um, nah, well, an Iron General. Ooh. Iron General. That's that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, we haven't done that in a while. <laughs> Can we do Iron General, but also uh, also play a Dave game where we invite in some listeners? We absolutely can, because that is... Oh, a, yeah, let's do that. A hundred percent more planning than we got in. So next time, we're going to do Iron General. Uh, we're going to invite some listeners to come play the Dave games with us. Um, and then we're going to talk to some members of our, our comp team up here as well, I think. Uh, and bring in some of the local 40K personalities. Oh. Please be Aaron. Please be Aaron. Please be Aaron. It'll, it'll be someone. Yeah. It'll be fine. It'll be fun. It's fine. But yeah, we will see you in two weeks. Um, reach out if you want to play Space Hulk on Steam. Reach out to me. I'd love to play. Uh, <laughs> but for Mob yes. Rules, 
I'm just desperate cries for help now at this point. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, both please be friends with me. <laughs> <laughs> please be my steam buddy. Uh, please be friends. Uh, for Mob yep. Rules, I've been John. I've been Dave. I've been Danny. And we'll see you next time. Dave, that was a beautiful Our, recap of that book. I, I tried to, I, I know that you guys don't like that, so I tried to really summer it up as quickly as possible. No, it was perfect because like, I was just having the hardest time, like that like middle third sticking. And I just it was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Well, it helps that I listened to the whole damn thing today, basically. I listened to six hours of it today, which is about I, half it of it. sounds like we all were. Yeah. <laughs> I freed up. I you posted that. When when you posted it earlier, you were I, I was like, holy shit, I'm farther along in the book than he is. <laughs> I saved up all my admin time and I sat in the little empty corner of my cafe and just like had my AirPods in, pretending to type while I listened to the novel. <laughs> hey, let, let's Fucking real classy. talk for a minute about the the article. Okay, uh, I guess or, I'll stop. Reco- I guess I'll stop recording then. Give me a second. Oh yeah, please.